0: Hi everyone, I'm Lujain Hurani, a Palestinian writer and editor. I work mainly with nonfiction and poetry, mainly by blending them together. Both of my grandparents are from the Galilee, but they met at Nadab refugee camp in Aleppo, in Syria. They were both forcibly removed from their respective hometowns in 1948. Tershiha, my grandmother's hometown, is now a part of occupied Palestine. And Hattin, my granddad's hometown, has been demolished. I'm recording from Wurundjeri country in the Kulin Nation, where I'm a benefactor of the same settler colonial system that demands my displacement. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, and this is the Spoken Word Program. In 1917 the British government signed the Balfour Declaration announcing Palestine as a national home for the Jewish people and setting into motion the genocide and ethnic cleansing of Palestine's indigenous population the genocide and ethnic cleansing that continues to this day and That same year 1917 British foresters in Palestine wanted to change the so-called barren landscape that they saw on their arrival to Palestine. So the British colonists of the Commonwealth of Australia planted eucalyptus trees on our land, a tree not native to Palestine, a tree that demarcated where the Palestinian villages were located. And decades later, when the Israeli offense force wanted to conduct airstrikes They didn't need to know where the Palestinian villages were on the map. They just had to look out for the eucalypts. The Australian colony is not just complicit in the colonization of Palestine. It is an active perpetrator both today and a century ago. The fight for Palestinian sovereignty is the same fight for indigenous sovereignty here on the Australian colony. You cannot care for one without caring for the other. Thank you to all our First Nations allies who have been fighting with us from the beginning. Thank you to everyone who came to the rally we held on Saturday. I hope to see you at this week's one, and the next one, and every Saturday until we get justice. I have written and rewritten the transcript for today many times. And before writing it, there was an intense incubation period of me sitting and thinking of how to take up this half hour. Honestly, the Australian literary scene has been hostile to Palestinian narratives up until this point, and at first I felt very flustered with what to do with all the platforms we're finally being given. It's bittersweet having our colonisation finally acknowledged, because the catalyst was yet another genocide, and when things settle, if they settle, I don't want that to be the end of your allyship. I'm going to read a poem of mine titled Chainlink Fence. Two years I mapped our migration. I only went so far back. Me, my dad, his dad, and his dad. Four generations in a repeated pattern. This many kilometers, then another number, then the first number again, then the second. A call and response like one person was saying, hey, and the next said, hey back. When I sandwalk barefoot, the dunes swell into the arch of my souls When my grandmother died, I walked six kilometers in the rain. My shoes had no grip. I watched a leaf drip, like faucet, a magpie that looked lost. Hey. I am the hay back. My dad's dad was born in Hattin, in Palestine. He moved to Zish when he was three, but still, he said, I am from Hattin. And my dad says, my dad was from Hattin. And I say, my grandfather was from Hattin. And when I returned, all that was left of Hattin was a mosque turned mostly to rubble, a tomb that had been refurbished. The rest paved over repeated pattern of brick ending when it reached the slip. Brick pattern like headstones, and then three corner shops, all in a row blue light, it was nighttime. Brick pattern to repopulate, brick pattern for the thousand bodies, and my dad, Happy looking straight into the phone flash, arms wide, white teeth, saying, Hey, get a load of this, watched by the guard who let us in.
1: ولا ديني ولا قومي كنت بدي كن إنسان من دون أياوية من دون حدود كنت بدي عيش بحرية أجيت على هالدنيا قبل ما أفهم شا اللي صار حطوا حواجز بمجدار وفرضوا علي حصار أجيت على هالدنيا قبل أفهم شا اللي صار حط حواجز بالجتار فرض علي حصار ولا حدا فهمني ولا حدا سألني ولا حدا فهمني ولا حدا سألني ولا حدا أعطاني فرصه أخطار
0: You are listening to the spoken word program, and that was Joanne Safadi's *Kinetbid Yakun*. I'm Lujain Hurani. I was in Sydney two weeks ago for the Writers Festival, where I met with Evelyn R. Lewin, my friend and mentor. Evelyn was born and raised on Darug Country and is a descendant of the Bundjalung Nation. She is a poet, researcher, and co-editor of *Overland*, and she is incredible. Together, the two of us went through my manuscript and section by section interrogated what I was doing from a formal and linguistic perspective. Evelyn mentioned that my work actively dismantles the language movement, and I told her, I didn't know that. I don't read poetic theory, I just write poetry. It's cliché to say that Palestinians are born poets, but we are. The cliché exists because we keep saying it. And we keep saying it because it's true. It's been proven time and time again. We have such a great legacy with people like Hassan Kanafani, Mahmoud Arweesh, Murid Barghouti. I think it's funny that I wrote my whole manuscript without knowing all the things I was doing. And this week, now that journals finally want to hear from us, I have written four new poems for publication and still I don't know what poetic theory I'm employing or dismantling, I'm just writing poetry. A few months ago, Hala Alian published a piece in The New Yorker titled Spoiler. She's a Palestinian-American poet, but Spoiler is not about Palestine, and she doesn't mention Palestine by name. My housemate came into my room that day and said, have you read this poem? It reminds me of your work. And Hala Alian's language is different to mine, and so is her structure. But there's something about Palestinian poets. We grow up so conscious of language, so it's say this, don't say that, careful with this word and this metaphor, etc., cetera, et cetera, And so we have within us a shared tone and a shared vocabulary. That's what I mean when I say Palestinians are born poets. This is a piece I wrote over the last week. It might change between now and publication, but for now it is titled I am writing in vignettes because all we have are fragments. It rains on Eid al-Fitr. My family spends four hours in my living room Without the heater on, we do not talk. We scroll and read, and listen and scroll and sit, and scroll and post, and watch. My phone dies before dinner. My friend DMs me, have you seen that video of Toni Morrison where she talks about how no matter how bad things got, she always knew that she was morally superior to the racists in the world? In 2006, Mr. Hernshack organized a fundraiser for Gaza. I was in year eight and proud and smug and excited that for a few days things were about us. I'm writing in vignettes because all we have are fragments. On Monday, Israeli forces fire on Palestinians at Al-Aqsa. On Tuesday, I stay home from work. On Wednesday, we wake up to Israel bombs Gaza. On Thursday, I see a video of Israeli cops and lynch mobs Breaking into a house in Haifa, the owners ramming back the door. If a screech had a body, it would vibrate like that. The camera is shaking. Someone has retweeted it with, this is Nakba. This is what happened to my family in 1948. Now we have footage. I am writing in vignettes because it is always about footage. I do not know when this poem will be published, but by then these words will have fossilized. I do not remember my dreams last night, just fragments that return in whips, a ponytail, a clothes hanger, my dad, red plaid shirt, the tail of a prawn, chewing and swallowing. I read fascists among us on the tram to the protest to remind myself, racists do have morals, they're just not good ones. Last year, we went viral, normalization, and in 2019, annexation, and in 2018, the right of return. It does not matter when this poem is published, these fragments always fossilize, only to get dug up a year later. It storms the night before the protest, and the latch on my bedroom window has not been repaired. I lie on my back and think of the rain, and wind and hail teeming up to explode the brittle seams of plastic. I wrote that poem on al-fitr My family sat in the living room, and I went into my bedroom and closed the door, and an hour later the first draft was done. It was an easy poem to write because I was writing about pattern. It's something I've been through on repeat my whole life. We go viral, and then it dies down, and then we go viral, and then it dies down, over and over and over again. Yes, this was the first time I put pen to paper, but the words aren't new, and the feelings aren't new. And if you came to the rally last week, and if you didn't, I'd love to see you at the next one. In year one, I was invited to a classmate's birthday party at McDonald's, and I told my dad... I don't want to go and my dad said Lulu why are you sure and I said yeah I'd rather be at home with you guys and anyway I don't like that guy very much and I don't want to get him a present this is the earliest lie I remember telling I didn't want to go to the party because I'd found out that McDonald's gives money to Israel I wanted to boycott but was too embarrassed to say so and in my teens I didn't drink coca-cola and I didn't go to Starbucks, and I didn't shop at Marks and Spencers or eat Ben and Jerry's, and today I don't use Uber or Grindr or book with Airbnb or shop Puma or L'Oreal or HP. All of these organizations, and so, so many more, contribute to the occupation of Palestine in one way or another. Some of the businesses are located in illegal settlements, and some of them provide infrastructure to the Israeli offense force. The apps I mentioned censor Palestinian narratives and they delete or disable your account if you post pro-Palestine sentiment. This fight is not new to me. It started before I even had the confidence to mention it by name. My manuscript is about suffocation, about how the Israeli state is suffocating Palestinians, and about how the only way that we can suffocate back is through BDS, which stands for Boycotts, Divestments and Sanctions. The BDS movement was born in 2005, and its aim is to end the international support for Israel's oppression of Palestinians, and pressure the Israeli state to comply with international law. The BDS movement has three main demands. 1. Ending the occupation and colonization of all Palestinian land. 2. Recognizing the fundamental rights of the Palestinian citizens of Israel to full equality. And 3 respecting, protecting, and promoting the rights of Palestinian refugees to return to their homes. Join us to protest the forced evictions and ethnic cleansing in Palestine this Saturday, May 22nd at 1pm outside the State Library. Along with your signs and banners, please bring your masks and hand sanitizer to keep the rally COVID safe. For more information, head to Free Palestine Melbourne's Facebook page. A 3CR supporter.
2: وسط الناس دموع الرجال في قياة زمن رواية ناس تريق ذياع تخوف كتاب أحروف وثباب وبلاوي تزيد في العين رمات The lights, so the people, يا في فيق يا ناس في طريق ضياع <تصفيق> لي ديني في الكذب اخوات و الفيل مات جوات <تصفيق> <تصفيق> في قفايا الريح وسنين سكات وعزايا طويل you make sad. الليل كسوف الناس ذي fi محاين كاس agyal لوجوه ذي in gas fini I'm high in gas I have fini I'm high in gas Oh have fini I'm high in gas Trigu yeah I'm high in in casse in
0: That was Noor Harakati's Tarit Diyar. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, and this is the Spoken Word Program. The next and final poem I'll be reading today is an excerpt from my manuscript. Five months old and in flight. Five months old by a window that doesn't open because it's been engineered not to. High altitude makes my throat blister and then crunch, swallow, crunch. Born flying and landing and flying again. Dizzy and trying to find the nearest chemist between a flight and a train ride. A chemist to soothe the bile pushing against my throat. My throat that is boarded shut and popping. Cutting off its air supply is not murder because you're almost dead. Cutting off its air supply is not murder because the thing shouldn't exist. Strangle, strangle, strangle. No, that's not the right word. Maybe the word I'm thinking of is suffocate. No, maybe that's not it either. I just want to cut off its circulation until it says, give me back my oxygen, and I will say, no. Nothing ever really stops existing, even if you kill it. This is a good thing, because we do not want to die. Nothing ever really stops existing, even if you kill it. This is a bad thing, because burning a flag is not enough. Nothing ever really stops existing, so why bother killing it? Those spiky little balls in mountain grass, whose names I do not know, and I will never know, because I will never look it up, because it is not my secret and I am not nosy. Stuck to the cuff of my jeans, following me all the way to the harbor, Stuck to the sleeve of my pink jacket, pulling something up almost all the way. A pillar holds something up, until it falls. A pillar holds something up, is five of them overdoing it? No. A pillar holds something up, but what makes a pillar a pillar? A rock. Rubble makes a thing holy, because you go to a place and say this was worth fighting over, and you are not half wrong two rocks side by side. Eventually, the rubble stops counting for all that much, because green grows thick through and over and you can start lying. We're rebuilding. A handful of rocks laid flat. Jenna, meaning heaven. Heaven is full of flowers, the universe is a garden. A pile of rocks. Jnaina, meaning garden. Named as such because you're pretty close to heaven but not quite there yet. A mound of rocks. Janine, as in the city. It's full of farmland and if you are from there, your world is a garden. One more rock, right on top. If it stays put, a mountain. If it topples over, a dismantling. What warrants a war? Beauty. My dad said this. When I'm in the back seat of a black minivan, I spend three hours saying, I don't get it. And when I go to Janine, I say, I still don't get it. I reach the refugee camp and I say, you're not doing a very good job at explaining it to me. And then my sister shows me a video she took somewhere along the drive. And it's several minutes long. And because the car was moving so fast, it's just a horizontal blur of green. And I say, where was I when this was happening, but not out loud. Nothing ever really stops existing. This means that nothing ever really stops happening. This means that even when you are not in the right place at the right time, you'll still be there, you are always there. If you are afraid that the last rock will ruin everything it already has. Empty, meaning something is not occupied, this is what Merriam-Webster says, but the more time I spend with words, the more I realise that they do not mean anything at all. A rock is not a rock until its thrown. I came to Australia as a stateless person in 1997. I inherited statelessness from my dad. We are Australian citizens now, and it's only because we are Australian citizens that we were able to return to Palestine. We went back in 2018 as tourists and only stayed for 10 days. We didn't enter without difficulty. We were held at the border for over six hours and we were interrogated. I wanna go back to a free Palestine and we've never been this close. Thank you for listening to me speak today. I want you to keep listening to Palestinians and showing up for us and defending us in circles that we don't have access to. I'll see you all on Saturday. ع
1: القدس يبا مشي العائدين بيوم ما في تفرق لا بالعرق ولا الدين هل يشهد علينا رب العالمين لنخرس بوابهم حتى يعودوا يبا كل غياء